Canucks Central Wednesday. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shaw from the Kintec studio. It's going to be a busy show. We've got Trevor Linden joining us, former Canucks captain, longtime legend of the team, and a player I would think uh, can see a lot of similarities into the week that we've seen here in Vancouver, Sat, where uh, the captain, Bo Horvat, current day captain, has been traded. So uh, it should be interesting to hear from Trevor on uh, his take on what's happened here. It wasn't quite 25 years to the day because it would have been um, next Monday, but it was a week to 25 years to the day, right? So Bo Horvat gets traded on January 30th. Trevor Linden was traded on February 6th, 1998. So within the same time frame, 25 years ago. And, you know, we talked so much about that trade. And one of the smaller parts about, about that trade was Yarko Rutu. Who came over as well? Oh, when he the, the right. pick the Canucks got, which they selected Yarko Rutu with, and uh, Yarko, uh, well, um, he's a Finnish player. The Canucks acquired a Finn that worked out well last time. <laughs> How many similarities can we find in the two deals? Is that what is is that what we're doing here right now? We're trying to talk ourselves into maybe this working out, right? I mean, and honestly, the standard is so high. We talked about this. The standard for that trade is so high that even if it gets to being half as good as that trade ended up being for the team over the past 20-some years, like, you, you'd take it because of how it worked out. And the cherry on top was Trevor ended up back in Vancouver, right? Like, especially for fans that were Trevor Linden fans. And he came back at the right time. Like, he came back and he was with the team when they were trying to ascend again with the West Coast Express. They, quite, they didn't quite ascend to the levels, you know, people wanted them to get to given the talent they had. But he did come back after the team kind of went through their tough period for a few years. So it really worked out for everybody, that trade. Uh, the, the Trevor Linden trade tree is uh, one of the most fascinating things in the history of the NHL. <laughs> you know, it leads to uh, obviously Todd Bertuzzi, Brian McCabe, Yarko Rutu. Um, but, you know, you can you can trace the trade tree down to Roberto Luongo, mm-hmm. Daniel Sedin, uh, even Shane O'Brien, <laughs> friend of uh, friend of uh, friend of the station. So it, it, it kind of just goes on and on and on all the way to. Jacob Markstrom yeah. uh, is where the, the trade tree uh, ends up. It finally ended just a couple of seasons ago, a couple of off seasons yeah. ago when Jacob Markstrom went and signed with the Calgary Flames. So, I mean, that was a trade that paid tiv- dividends for two decades to an organization. How often does that and, happen? Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, um, you know, what it signified uh, then and what it signifies mm-hmm. now with the Horvat trade is sort of the start of a new era, not in the same way because Pedersen and, and Hughes are, are already here essentially, but you know, that's especially with the way that Alvin has talked mm-hmm. in the last little while and how he already mentioned, you know, Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes have the inside track to be the next captain of the Vancouver Canucks one or the other. I mean, it, it does almost signify a, a passing of the torch with the Bo Horvat trade. It does, right? And it, it is going to be a completely different era as well now. Um, and, I mean, as, as different as this era is going to be, it's not so different either when it comes to it being a completely different core. Because, I mean, of the players that are leaving, how many are staying? A significant portion of them are staying. 
right? Because that trade, I mean, we're talking about Bertuzzi and Naslin, and, you know, Bertuzzi had to come with that trade and took him a couple years to become the player that he ultimately was with Vancouver, right? But on this team, like, you still have Pedersen here. You still have Quinn Hughes here. Besser, you know, so far hasn't been traded as of, you know, this afternoon, and there's a lot of buzz around his name, and we know the Canucks are active in trade talk, but Demko is still, still here. JT Miller is still here. Uh, I mean, we're talking about guys guys with big contracts at OEL still here. So, the difference being, it's not going to be, it doesn't seem like, quite as much turnover to get to that point as it was during that era. Uh, it's Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. This is Canuck Central. Let us welcome in our next guest. Uh, needs no introduction. It is Trevor Linden. Thanks for this, Trevor. How are you? How are you? I'm good, Dan. Good, Sat. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're fantastic. I uh, really appreciate you making time for us. Uh, what's going on for you these days? Well, there's lots going on. It's actually my dad's 80th birthday today, so we're having a big, well, not a big one, just family, and my five-year-old son is super excited about that. So besides that, spending lots of time with uh, Roman, who's five, and my wife, we're doing a little traveling. So life is good, and on on the business front, we're opening our 17th club out in Chilliwack. Uh, we've got our pre-sale on out there, so that's been super exciting, just been back in the saddle there. This will be our 17th location, and um, you know, we're, we're, we are the premier fitness leader in British Columbia and excited about that. And, you know, it's been, it's been great. So everything is good. And, and if you're in Chilliwack, come check us out at the Cottonwood Mall. Well, and so that's is, what's going on with me. Well, I was going to say, Trevor, I mean, this time of year, January, now early February, it's, it's like the prime time to get back into the gym and it's the most busy the gym ever gets this yeah. time of year. Yeah, it sure is. And you know, it's, it's great. I think there's such a focus on just health and fitness, uh, you know, whether you're 25 or 75 and our facilities are kind of catered to just making people feel comfortable and allowing them to, uh, to just to get active, get moving. And, and so, um, you know, through, through the pandemic, we, we really fared well. And thanks to our incredible teams and our clubs, just managing through a difficult time. And, and, you know, the last few months, it's been a lot of fun just seeing people get back and, get active and get moving so it's um yeah it's something for me i'm super passionate about as well i've been a you know it's just uh, you know even my my dad he's turning 80 today but he's still going to the gym and, mm-hmm. and pushing weights and, and riding his bike so it's it's important for everyone because we all want to lead healthy full lives and be able to hang out with our with our grandkids when we get old so um yeah so it's it's a i've just really enjoyed being back there and uh, uh back at it well, uh, bon compleanno, happy birthday uh, to uh, Papa Linda right. as well. It's, yeah. uh, it, it's pretty awesome, 80th birthday. Um, it, so it's um, five years, uh, sorry, 25 years almost yep. Uh, yep. In, in five days, February 6, 1998. That was uh, when yep. you were traded to the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. And now we, uh, we, we see this uh, trade in the last week with Bo Horvat, another captain heading off to the Islanders. Do you see, uh, do you see the similarities in the two situations? Yeah, I mean, there are some similarities, but there are some differences as well. And uh, certainly for me, you know, the February 6, 98 is a day I'll never forget. It was, uh, you know, I think it's it's a bit shocking. It was shocking for me. I'm sure I've reached out to Bo just to connect. And, you know, I'm sure it's it's there's a lot of emotion there. And, um, you know, the difference being in our situations is, you know, it was a, such a crazy time in Vancouver. You know, Pat Quinn had been fired earlier. Mike Keenan had come in. I'd, I'd kind of turned the sea over to Mark Messi at training camp. And it's funny, I was at, um, at our, uh, our, at our sales opening at the Cottonwood mall for club 16, traveling and fitness in Chilliwack. And a fan came up to me and he had the Jersey 
of the game one jersey from 1998 uh, sorry 97 when we started the season in in um, in uh, Tokyo and the jersey had the patch game one patch on the shoulder it had the a on the jersey I was like oh that's interesting because that's the first time that I'd worn the a uh, in six or seven or eight years because I'd been the captain all the way up until that time so it was just interesting to see that but you know in that situation there's so much turmoil in my year and, and with the interesting part about Bo and I, I was having a tough year and it was not going well and uh, you think part about Bo is he's having such a great year he's on top of his game he's been like that for a while and you know he's the captain of this organization so um it's a it's a bit of a shock I think to fans and certainly to the players inside that locker room well, you know, you mentioned the turmoil. I know you weren't here, but as, at least externally, I mean, you watch, you know, the coaching situation happen, you know, as publicly yeah. as it did and everything else kind of going on. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, at least from the outside, it seems like this situation was also fraught with a lot of turmoil. Yeah, I mean, I, at, you know, the whole, obviously the team got themselves into a bit of a spot with yeah. Bo in this summer when they made the choice to sign JT and, and that kind of created this at the same time. Bo having the career type of year that he's having, you know, a bit of an outlier type season in, in, in a contract year is, is hard because it puts an expectation from the player standpoint at one, you know, perspective and the team's at another. And, you know, I think, I don't think the team did themselves any favors with how that coaching situation played out. I, you know, it's hard to recall a, another situation in any sport that, that played out like that. So it's definitely, was unfortunate. I don't think it reflected well in the organization and, and, you know, it's not, but, and that's, and that reflects, and that's hard for the players too. I mean, it's hard for mm-hmm. the captain of the team to stand in front of the microphone day after day and answer questions that are kind of really tough to answer. Well, even just that, that situation and, and you mentioned it, I mean, uh, all of the hockey world has sort of been, uh, you know, focused on Vancouver and not with a lot of nice things to say. And there's, there's Bo Horvat having to stand out there in front of the yeah. cameras all the time, uh, being a, a captain in Vancouver, a Canadian city. Like, how, yeah. how is that as the player and, and having to manage yeah. that? It's tough. I mean, and Bo is such a – yeah, I just – I'm grateful to have the opportunity to spend some time with Bo, certainly very early in his career, and and um, and he's such a quality individual. And, you know, in a spot like that where you're asked every day about – you know, and you, there's a lot of responsibility. You got your own play to be responsible for, the team play, and those are the things that you're more apt to talk about. I think the the things that are tough are the distractions that are going on behind the scenes, and that's that's taxing. That's hard. You know, I um, hard for any player, and I think that the distraction is 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 in, it's just it's it's insurmountable, and it's you know you can't you can't get around it as a player because. Uh, you know, it's it's top it's top of mm-hmm. everyone wants to know, and it's so it makes it difficult. And certainly for Bo, he he couldn't have handled himself better. Um, I think that for him as a player, the way he's handled things and the way he's stood up, and and he learned that from one of the best. You know, he saw how Henrik and Daniel, um, you know, they 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 were always there, always willing to answer the belt, you know, for the media and answer the tough questions and be responsible. And Bo saw that, and and certainly. He led by example in that regard. 
Well, you know, it, it's, you know, you mentioned, you know, just kind of going back in general to looking at the two situations and, you know, with Bo, it, it, it's hard to envision him coming back to Vancouver in a few years. And, and maybe for you, when you were traded, you didn't mm-hmm. maybe envision you, you would be back in Vancouver, but you mentioned mm-hmm. when you were traded, a lot of turmoil organization and complete disarray. Yep. But when you ended up mm-hmm. coming back, Berkey was in charge. The team yep. was on the upswing again. I mean, mm-hmm. there were two completely different organizations and it yep. kind of looks like we're still waiting to see that organization take that turn again here. Yeah, I mean, in my situation, it was interesting for me. You know, when I, I kind of said at the at a certain point that hey, it's time for time for me to move on. This is not going to work. And I remember talking to Steve Tambellini at the time, and and everyone knew that that's the way it had to go. And you know, it's it's interesting. Things got kind of worse after I left. Even you know, the year after, it's just more. It's just chaos. And I say to people who you know, you know, lots of people come up and kind of say, hey, you know, geez, I'm so sad when you got traded. I said, hey, it's the best thing that ever happened. I got to miss those really crazy years and come back when the team was really in a different spot and Brian had done such a good job here and, and, um, and you know, the coaching staff that was in place was, you know, really one of the best staffs I played with. And, and that team was a lot of fun. I, and, I, and I never thought I would come back here. I, I never thought that. And then that day in Washington when I was told I wasn't playing that night and George McPhee came in the dressing room, I'm sitting there by myself, the team's out getting ready for the game. And he came in and said, Hey, you're going home. And that was, I was kind of like, Whoa, you know, it's like, I, I had trouble kind of, you know, just putting it all together, but uh, coming back here and I came back in a different spot too, guys. I came back as a mm-hmm. older player to a young team that kind of needed some leadership and direction. And it was a great fit. And, and that was a lot of fun coming back and, you know, obviously Todd and Marcus and Brendan and, you know, Eddie and, uh, you know, Brent Sopel and Matthias and Klutz and, you know, they met guys like Matt Cook. They had such a unique connection with this fan base. And it's funny just talking with uh, the fans out there. I mean, it, it was a lot of, that was a, a really fun time in Canucks history. So to come back into that uh, after what I left, you know, three, four years before was, was pretty special. Are you surprised at all that that it hasn't uh, worked out with you know a core you were uh, at a time a part of you know starting to put those pieces together with with Bo and and Elias and Quinn coming into the into the picture here in Vancouver well yeah I mean obviously when I start I I knew exactly the challenges in front of us it was a very difficult situation and you can you can criticize things and how they were done um Having said that, there wasn't a lot to work with, and you know, when back in 2014, it was a tough spot. We had a lot of older players that were post apex, and you know, were you know, it was tough to maybe tough to change things quickly. And obviously, two iconic Hall of Famers that were you know they were under contract for a few years, and but you know, I knew that you know if you kind of was trying to talk about just being patient and having a bit of a vision and and um, and trying to put the pieces in place and obviously felt, you know, we drafted, we had Bo and we drafted uh, Brock and, and then, uh, you know, Elias in 17 and, and kind of after a year of watching him, after we drafted him kind of felt like he was, could be extremely special. And as it turned out, he is. And, and, you know, I think that's ultimately what fans get connected to is they want to see, they don't have hope. They want to see kind of the next, the next uh, chapter, if you will. And, who's going to take the mantle from at the time it was Daniel and Henrik and, mm-hmm. and, and Burr and, and that crew and Kess and, you know, just kind of, they were ready for to turn the page and look forward. And so, yeah, the, I guess the good news is they do have some just special young players um, that they can work around. It's just, 
how do they do that and in a timely fashion and you know how do they give themselves some space to maneuver and and figure it out that and it's that's that's going to be challenging well, yeah, I mean, we, we, especially now in what what is a flat cap era, this seems even more challenging mm-hmm. nowadays. But, yeah. you, you know, yeah. Trevor, I, I know we, we've even talked about this throughout the years, even before when I was a producer and you'd come into the station mm-hmm. and, we, and we'd chat about stuff and about, you know, the challenges you guys had in, in trying to make some changes and, and trying to turn the roster over. But mm-hmm. you guys did get, get to a point, no matter, you know, what the disagreements may have been over the years, you had Pedersen, you had Hughes, you mm-hmm. had Horvat, you mm-hmm. had Besser. Like, there's mm-hmm. a core to build with. And even, you know, mm-hmm. once you departed the organization, there was that flat right when it kind of did come together and we thought okay like there's an yeah. opportunity here with this core like if you if you play your cards right maybe this mm. can be something right like wh- where yeah. do you think that went yeah. wrong you know yeah, where, where they couldn't I, you know where, where they couldn't take advantage of it i think thatcher thatcher too was a big piece yes. of that you know and you know that was a pretty special player that kind of really you know developed in the right way and mm-hmm. such a good kid and and um so I think the other thing that's really been tough too is that, you know, the pandemic, I mean, you know, had we not had that, I mean, you got, I don't know if I'm, you tell me, I, but the cap would maybe close to a hundred million dollars right now. You know what I mean? You know, like you think about the growth that was missed the last uh, yeah, three years. So that obviously, is, but that's impacted everyone and everyone the same, but it certainly has impacted a team that's put themselves in a, in a spot. And I just think that sometimes you, you know, when you, it's hard. I mean, because everyone's, everyone wants to win and, you know, you've, you but you really have to be careful with, you know, rushing, um, you know, certain situations and, and that's hard. And so, um, you know, that was, you know, that was the challenge for me is I kind of had a different view of how I thought we should be looking at things. And at the end of the day, you know, um, that's the way it goes, but, um, it's 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 a tough business you know and it's uh, but they like i said like you said they do have some very good pieces and it's just a matter of figuring the rest of it out which is which is hard and i think that's the great thing about the game of hockey is that you know basketball you can have you know you get two three great players and you can you can make it work and hockey boy you got you know it's really tough to have the depth and 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 the right pieces in place and 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 here now, you know, like yeah, there's some big pieces, but it's it's been hard to really find those support pieces there, and mm-hmm. the salary cap continues to to get in the mm-hmm. way, and and this Horvat mm-hmm. trade sort of signals, hey, maybe a a step back to take two steps forward, but mm-hmm. it, it's just clear, like in the cap era, you can't you can't really rush anything, Trevor, right? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day when we signed Bo, and that was one of the I was did a lot of work on that contract with, with, with Chris Gear. Chris Gear was the lead. And I obviously my relationship with, with Newport and I was really pleased with the result of that. And I told Donnie at the time, I said, Hey, listen, you know, Bo going to have a good, you know, he's got five years to have, uh, have, you know, and, and then he can, he can do it all again in five years. So it was funny just have remembering those conversations that, um, you know, and here he is, you know, having really blossoming into a, you know, a, just an outstanding person and player and captain and this year especially you know his it's just his offensive ability to find find space and he's got a great shot you know he's on his way to 50 goals so you know it's a tough tough spot for the team to be in and and um and but i it's hard to it's just it's just was was tough luck and as jim said they put themselves in a bit of a spot here and had to make a decision and you know the the, the, the tough thing is is you know the obviously the New York Islanders got the best player 
Um, and, you know, uh, Beauvillier will be, you know, I mean, he could find some more opportunity here. You know, the, but the big thing is the the young Ratu kid. Yeah. You know, that's hard to know what that's going to be. And then, you know, you're drafting a kid in 2023. It's going to you may you're not going to see him until 2026. And as you know, it takes players a couple of years to get up to speed. After, you know what I mean? At, at best. Um, so it's definitely a future looking contract. But, you know, I think both Patrick and Jim, they know they have a lot of work to do and they're going to have to, you know, have some things uh, fall, fall their way here in the off season, And hopefully they can get to where they want to be. From your perspective, when you start looking at, you know, the next leadership group here, and Patrick Alvin was asked, you know, who the next captain's going to be, and he kept referencing Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson mm-hmm. and those guys, you know, they're going to be the future leadership group. Uh, do you see one of those two guys being the captain? Does that make sense to you? You know, I mean, it's it's hard for me to say, guys, because I've, you know, I've not been as close to it, obviously, as, as I would normally have been. Um, uh, I Certainly, when I spent some time with Elias when we drafted him, and you know, heading at you know development camp, and always thought of him as a super focused kid, and really wants to do the right thing and win. He's competitive, so all those things are super admirable. You know, for a, you know, at the same time, um, you know, he's he's in a situation where I think he's got a year left and another year, and then he can he can he's got you know the opportunity to make his decision too. I think so. Um, you know, it's it's, um, and I think they need to take their time on that. I mean, obviously, probably won't make that decision here this year, and see how the summer plays out, and figure out what they want to look like next year. Trevor Linden, our guest here on uh, on Canuck Central. Uh, we spoke earlier, and uh, you, you mentioned uh, the coaching situation and how all that played out, and. Certainly, uh, there was a lot of uh, criticism coming towards the Canucks as an organization and how this was all handled and the front office that's been put in place with Jim Rutherford at the head. Um, do you think the Canucks have some work to do here to to almost rebuild that reputation, given given how things have gone here recently? I mean, uh, it's hard for me because I, I I don't understand how you can let that happen. You know, so it's just shouldn't happen you know if if um so it's um you know i don't really understand it man perhaps i'm missing something but um yeah i think that as an organization when you have that sort of thing play out in front of the entire league and i guess the sports fraternity because you know you talk listen to sports talk radio and and other and they're talking about it so mm-hmm. yeah i think there is some damage done and um you know i think um, doing the right thing is always most important and uh, treating people the right way is important. So that was, it was a miss for sure. And, and um, you know, they've, uh, like I said, but you know, both of them are experienced and, and they're, they're good people. So I'm sure they'll uh, do whatever it takes to get things back. It also underscores how, how challenging a Canadian market is. And you have to really uh, aware of, you know, handle how to handle things in a Canadian market. Right. And, and you know what, Trevor, like we talked about this before, like it can be unfair. It can be unfair playing in a Canadian market. It can be unfair being scrutinized here, but the reality is there is a huge spotlight on it yeah. and it's something you have to be aware of. And if you're not, these are the types of pitfalls you can fall into. Yeah. It, it, you know what guys, it's not unfair. 
I've, I've played in the Canadian market 16 years. I've worked in the Canadian market in management for five. It's not unfair. People are, people are tough. You know, obviously um, fans know they care. They're passionate. Um, as a player, I always wanted to be in a market that cared. Uh, you know, if you lose 10, you know, or win 10 in a market that doesn't care. I mean, uh, uh, you know, who wants to be in that market? Right. So, um, so, you know, are there some, there's sometimes there's some members of the media that are only looking to beat you up. Yeah, that's, that's true. And it's been like that from the day I got here, Pat Quinn and, and, and some of the media members back then. But at the end of the day, I always try to be honest up front and uh, treat them with respect. They're trying to do their job. You know, you've got a job to do. And that's, that's part of the, that's part of the game. But, um, you know, I think, you know, the thought that, it's unfair. It just, I kind of, I don't believe that. And I don't think, you know, it's, it's, it's where you want to be if you're a player, because that's just, if, if, if any player didn't want that, I don't know if I'd want that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I'd rather have someone that wants to be in it. And so, um, but certainly from, you know, the management side and the coaching side, every word matters, every action counts. And, you know, when you've got, you know, you've got some, when you get people who have not been in such media focused markets, it's a shock. It's a big shock. And, you know, you, you come from cities in the States that have, you know, basketball and football and baseball and, and you're, you have your, 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 your spotlight now and then maybe when you get to the playoffs or the playoff run, but you know, in Vancouver, you're, you're in the spotlight 12 months of the year. They're talking as much in July as they are in, in January. So it's, um, it's just the way it is. Now, Trevor, before we let you go, uh, we appreciated your time as well, but we're seeing uh, a bit of a turnover with NHLPA looking for a new leader. And we look at the mm-hmm. league now, I mean, and where mm-hmm. it's trending, but also there are some big concerns, especially with some of the TV stuff going down with Bali sports in the U S and the league is entering an interesting time with, you know, the digital space growing the way it yep. is growing. What would you look for in terms of the leadership getting this right? Like what, what, what do you see being the most yep. important factor in terms of finding that new leader here? Yeah, it's um it's a tough it's a really tough uh position because there's so many pieces to it. You know, whether it be um obviously the you know, labor negotiation side of it is one thing, the CBA is another, the licensing part of it, just your ability to structure um you know, uh you know, the organization. So um yeah it's um it's 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 such an important position obviously because you know players really need someone with great good leadership and you know an understanding of where the game is and and um you know i mean i've been through hell and back in that spot uh um and um you know it's 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 uh, it's interesting where the leadership has gone in the last several mm-hmm. years, and but you know I think the league I know the NHL and you know having a strong union and a strong leader of the players is important. You want that, and I think that um, you know hopefully it seems like they're doing a good job of vetting candidates and and figuring it out because that's. You have you want you want strong leadership and you want the players to be united and 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 educated and uh, thoughtful and willing to kind of figure out uh, solutions to problems. 
Trevor, uh, it's been a blast uh, getting to chat with you, catch up, and um, wish uh, wish uh, Papa Lyndon uh, all the best here on yeah. his 80th birthday as well. Thanks for, for sure. this. For sure. i got to get back inside and get <laughs> celebrating. Have a good one, guys. Good to be with you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Trevor. Okay. Take care. Uh, there's Trevor Lyndon uh, joining us uh, here on Canuck Central Sat. Yeah, uh, that was uh, some good insight from Trevor. And uh, not not being shy to talk about how he didn't like how the Boudreaux thing was handled. And it's something that we've heard quite a bit, you know, from, from people around the league and even people around the organization. And, you know, yeah, th- there was some recovery after that. Uh, a lot to uh, dissect from that. We'll get into it and more fallout on Bo Horvat, the trade, and what it means for the Canucks going forward. Canucks Central continues on Sportsnet 650. Big opinions and good bets. It's the People's Show with Bick Nazar. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.